Hey, it's Tom Kradz, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we brought back Andrew LaFleur to talk all things condos. We break out the magical crystal ball and try to talk about uh, what we see in the next year to two years and the long-term perspective on condos. I, I think that's at everyone's at top of everyone's mind now, especially if you just bought a condo or if you're in the market, you know, what's going on in Toronto? What's the near-term future look like? What's the long-term look about, uh, look, look about like, look like, um, so we dive into all of that stuff on this episode. And before we get into it, if you are looking for any real estate information, you can always go to rockstarinnercircle.com where we have a ton of videos, blog posts, articles. You can get the Income for Life book, which has been downloaded I tens of thousands of times. I need to get the accurate number on this. We'll have it in our database. But tens of thousands of times, Income for Life for Canadians, we give away a free digital copy on there. Um, so if you go to rockstarinnercircle.com, you can get access to that book. We actually sell that book on amazon.com, uh, sorry, amazon.ca. Um, but you can get a free digital copy of that book, Income for Life for Canadians. And the reason I want to say that you should grab that book is I've had multiple people over the years, tons of people over the years say they downloaded it. And even if they got busy, they saved it to their desktop or whatever. They, when they eventually got to it, it's the thing that convinced them that real estate was right for them. They eventually came out, met us. We helped them buy some properties and it's all worked out great. So um, we're not trying to say that real estate is for everyone or that it's a perfect ride. It's definitely hard work and you got to deal with a lot of different things. But long term, we have still yet to meet anyone who regrets owning property. So if you haven't checked out the book Income for Life for Canadians yet, you can get a free digital copy a copy at rockstarinnercircle.com. That's the place to go for it. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are recording. Can you say something just so I can hear you? Yeah, I'm here. We're good. Okay, so Andrew LaFleur is, am I saying your last name properly? You got it, yeah. Are you related to Guy at all? Second, 52nd cousin. 52nd cousin, okay, that's good. <laughs> are you, but you, please don't tell me you're a Habs fan though. Have we no, seen no, this yeah, before? Just, yeah, no, this okay. has no, come well, up it's your before. last name, this it's your last name. It's, it worries yes. me that you're a Habs fan. No, and I don't well, want to have very many Habs fans on here. I know. I we know. can have Habs fans, it's not like I'm biased, but I am. You just don't want to be too close to them for no, too long. No, well, they've ruined my childhood. Habs fans just <laughs> rubbed in their hockey success in my face my whole childhood. That's right. So, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, before we talk about the condo stuff, I wanted to ask you about your Florida property. Why sure. did you guys, uh, when did you guys decide, did you buy a place in Tampa? Yes. I uh, bought a couple of condos in Tampa back, way back in 2012. Um, turned out to be, uh, if you yeah, actually look. Yeah, turned out it, about it, the best time possible because yeah. <laughs> the dollar was about par and the, the property prices were about the bottom. Yes. If you actually look at the, all the charts of like, the you know the the great housing crash of, of Florida and the U.S. turns out I bought pretty much exactly on the very month maybe a month later I missed it by a month but uh, is this yeah, your way of telling of people you can time the real estate market? Yeah, I'm pretty much. Yeah, okay, good. So I, we'll I get have you the, your, the crystal ball. You, everyone's you have for. the yeah, that's me. You have the missing yeah. crystal ball. That's right. Okay, so we'll get your <laughs> we'll get your we'll talk about Toronto condos in a second. But uh, Tampa's been a you go down. I'm just curious. How old are your kids? Uh, four kids between one and eight. Uh, and you guys get down there 
because I, f- I feel like last year went down for a bunch of time. Yeah, we it's become a little bit harder as the as the kids are getting a little older and as they're multiplying. But uh, yeah, we try to we try to get down there as, as, as several times a year. What do you mean multiplying? Your kids are multiplying and like they're doubling it. <laughs> well, is they, that how you got to four? You had one. Anyway, and that you know, when we first met, like I think I had one or two, and now yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. four of them. But uh, um, yeah, we we love Florida. We're in we're in Tampa. Um, we were fortunate enough to to uh, to pick up a couple of properties in 2012. Um, we okay, s- so you have rental properties down there. Uh, yeah, we sort of bought them both as investments initially. They made sense as investments. We ended up. Uh, converting one into just our personal uh, use kind of a place. The other one, we left it as a rental. We recently sold that one off. Why did you sell it? Um, we actually, we took the profits for, well, again, the kids, we, the, the multiplying factor. So we needed a bigger place. <laughs> so okay, makes sense. we, uh, we had a, a, the two bedroom. So we, we sold the two condos, the original two, and we took the, the profits, the proceeds, and we purchased a larger three bedroom. And do you like that uh, condo in Tampa that when you leave, you just close the door? Yeah, it's it's great for that. Just a turnkey, close the door, walk away kind of situation. You know, it's on the third floor. You don't have to worry about hurricanes and floods and snakes and a lot of, you know, issues you're going to have on ground-related housing How in much Florida. How much, if I wanted to buy a two-bedroom? Insurance, too. And, and, and ground-related insurance in Florida is just astronomical now, so... Makes sense. So if I wanted to buy a two-bedroom condo in Tampa right now, how much am I going to spend? Give me a ballpark. I know there's uh, all different variables. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be in a good area, in a good good building, um, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to say. But I mean, uh, like where we are, it, it's, uh, you know, I would consider it's, it's, a, it's a great area. It's, it's a pretty good building. Um, you're looking at, uh, you know, a, a thousand square foot, two-bed, two-bath. You're looking at around mid to hunt like maybe 270 you got it got something it like that yeah so it still seems like okay it's not possible if you're just starting out with a family you have other expenses but it's still possible for somebody yeah to go i mean down you, there. you can still go into the boonies of florida and you can still yeah. get uh you know you can still get condos for like under a hundred thousand yeah um i've always had a bit of a bias against florida because i guess most of my time was always spent around the orlando area yeah because we'd go to disney which we love as a family definitely yep. love it like disney cruises the theme the parks everything we love about disney yep. but then just going around i always see these cvs stores with the big parking lots uh-huh. and i'm like oh there's nothing right i'm so biased towards europe yeah where i just feel there's culture oozing out of every yep. block like i'll look at a place yep. in in europe and i'm like what war was fought there like how many people <laughs> died there and then if i think before the wars i'm like how many neanderthals okay. fought the homo sapiens <laughs> on that hill over there yes. and how did the homo sapiens all get together oh, yeah. to beat the neanderthals right. whereas when i'm in orlando i'm thinking like, oh that, that cvs store looks exactly like the last yeah. 15 cvs yeah. stores that this i saw C- this cvs dates back to 1987 yeah, yeah. and i can the originals. tell i can tell yeah the lighting <laughs> that's in there is just a little different than yeah. the one from 1999 yeah. the 90s right so yeah it's totally no, I'm different. with you but yeah come come see us in tampa it's it's a that's why we actually like tampa is it's a it's a different vibe completely from what you're describing the typical suburban florida uh it's very different it's it's a it's a it's an it's urban a feel we are our condo is downtown tampa so nice yeah, yeah i got mean it. for you like 10 minute walk to the lightning games mm-hmm. go see the yeah, Leafs, i would love that yeah play yeah, that's for me you know definitely we, you know we have the it, it's like this is our downtown condo you know that the trend towards people buying yeah. Yeah, living yeah. in the suburbs of the gta yeah. buying a downtown condo as they're like uh, urban cottage 
this is our like this is us living out our like downtown condo okay with that perspective i can see so and i remember when i worked in the software industry there was these real rich guys and uh, I always thought, man, these guys really have a lot of money because I would ask them, we would go out for like, you know, the Christmas party. They would come into town from California and I'd say, hey, you know, uh, they'd ask what I'm doing for the holidays and what we're doing for the summer. And I'd always have little trips and stuff, which I thought were great trips. But then yeah. they would tell me they were like, you know, we're going to like France or, and something. And I'm like, oh, why are you going there? And they're like, well, we follow the F1 circuit and wherever <laughs> there's a race, we go to that race in that city. Right. Okay. And uh, they were saying this like just like so nonchalant, like they weren't like bragging about right. it. I'm like, OK, you guys are definitely at a different amount of money than I have. Right. <laughs> I'm not right. following around <laughs> the F1 circuit as part of my lifestyle. Like this was just right. their lifestyle. Right. Yeah. But if I could follow around the Leafs. Yeah. As they play around North America. Yes. And have maybe a, you know what? Yeah. Maybe it's a condo one day in Florida and then one in California. There you go. Yeah. This is now, it's, that's my style. <laughs> then I could, I could, I could totally do that. But, uh, yeah. and Tampa, I remember we were chatting briefly cause I was in, uh, Miami. You're kind of thinking, explore, looking around Miami yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're spending more time in Miami these days. Um, we love a lot. Of, yeah. We like Orlando, Tampa, the, the Gulf beaches. Um, but we're really getting to Miami a lot. These days, we just, yeah, for the same thing. We, we, we're city people. We love Europe as well. We used to go to Europe all the time, uh, you know, for the reasons you're kind of describing as well. Um, but you just, wanted to see where the Neanderthals yeah, fought the, the Homo sapiens as well. It's about the Neanderthals, right? It's, it, you know, you want to see that. Um, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, again, with the four kids and everything, it's that the trip it's to tough. Europe uh, not really happening and so much. And plane tickets just cost a lot. Yeah, and just logistics and everything. But um, yeah, so Miami's, have you been, have you spent, yeah, I think you, you I'm just were a learning bit, Miami yeah. now. I've been to Miami about three times yeah. and I just find now I'm starting to understand like, that city. It's my, I describe Miami is completely different, different from yeah. everywhere else in Florida. Agreed. Like it's most different. people, Florida is exactly what you're describing. Yeah. It's the CVS suburban <laughs> hell, uh, for lack of a better yeah, yeah, no, term, I but agree. that's, a, it is most of Florida is that, but you have these pockets that, that, that are very different. Miami is completely different. Um, it's, 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 it feels a lot like New York city when you're, when you're in Miami beach in particular. I mean, it's just, it's very urban dense. There's people on the street everywhere. It feels like there's it's, culture. It's culture. It's messy. It's, it's, it's good. It's bad. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a proper city, but you're right on the, you know, one of the most beautiful beaches around. And the weather of course is, is phenomenal all year. Uh, and the restaurants and, and it's yeah, international it's and you, you get people from all over the world are coming there. And it's so close. Like I find as we get yeah. a little, I mean, I'm 45 now. I'm like, ah, you know what? I wouldn't mind just taking like a two and a half hour flight yeah. and being somewhere warm. Tons of, tons of flights every single day direct from Toronto. So there's always a cheap flight at some, at some going, uh, going down there. Wow. From you somebody. sound like, are you part of the Florida? Now we're just getting you to be <laughs> part of the Florida tourist part. Are you That's selling right. condos in Miami right now, Andrew? Uh, well, let me tell you, it's <laughs> a uh, brand Andrew, new opportunity. There. AndrewFlorida.com. <laughs> um, so we were just chatting about Toronto condos. So, uh, one of the guys, so here's what we're seeing. I just want to yep. run this by you. One of the guys on our team here walked in the other day mm -hmm. and he said, holy smokes, he goes one bedrooms. He does a lot of stuff in downtown Toronto. Yeah. He's like one bedrooms. What, what did he tell me? I want to sum this up properly. He goes, uh, what is it? One bedroom he sees now for, it went up a hundred bucks in like three months on him that he was renting out. I think for, he was doing 2,300 a month, but now he's getting 25. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. 2,500 a month for on a one, one bedroom. bedroom. Yep. Three, about right. third, about, and I'm rounding here 3,500 for a two bedroom. And yep. over 4,000, like 43, 45, even for like the three bedroom. Yes. And yes. I just thought, man, who, so you're, you, you're agree. You see these prices. Yeah. 
Does that sound yeah. about ballpark right for you? Uh, yep. Core downtown Toronto condos. Yep. So, and now we're seeing most stuff over a thousand dollars a square foot. Mm-hmm. Am I generalizing too broadly there? No. You got it. Yeah. So over a thousand dollars square foot. Another guy that I was just talking to about Toronto condo says he's seeing stuff at pretty common at around fourteen hundred a square foot. Mm-hmm. Um, he does more stuff around uh, right in the core. He's off of Yorkville, but he's kind of doing stuff all around. Yeah. Um, where I'm curious in your opinion, like I have my own thoughts and stuff. Where yeah. where are we headed? Like where is this? Forget. Okay. Where do you think we're headed? And I know we, I know you don't have the actual crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but where are we headed in the next year or two? And then where's Toronto headed in the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about this at all? Never. Okay. (laughs) No, I know. I'm so so good at asking questions. I know. I I just, I pulled that one up. So uh, over the next year or two, where where, where do you think we're headed? Um, Short term, I think that the picture is a little bit more murky. Uh, There's just so many, it's such a weird economic time. I mean, you you know this better than anybody. You're you're constantly talking about, you know, trying to look at the economic signals and what's happening out there and, and studying you know, Benjamin Tall and all these other guys, what people are saying, it's it's a very confusing time and nobody really has a clue of what's going on and everyone's sort of really guessing more than ever. Um, the only thing we know for sure is, you know, if, if a prediction is made, it seems, by an economist, then it's that is definitely not going to happen. Not happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, agreed. But um, yeah, so I would say I don't, I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of years, but uh, over the next 10 years, I am very very uh strongly certain that that prices will continue to rise why uh well a, a number you know the, the factors the, the problem remains unchanged that is the lack of supply and and the growing amount of demand i mean the, it's it, it, the, the fundamental story continues to be true um, we continue to be one of the most unique cities and, and regions anywhere in north america probably the world in terms of the amount of growth that we're seeing you know, you, you guys talk about it all the time on the podcast, just the 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 growth that we're experiencing. But I think what's not said enough is just that it's not normal. Like the if you look at other cities around, if you look at your Chicago's, your New York's, your any other major city in North America, let alone, you know, pretty much anywhere in the Western world, the growth that Toronto is experiencing, the rate of growth is not normal. Like we are way above pretty much anywhere else. I'm I don't not understand aware of why area. that's not the front page of the Toronto yeah. star, the front page of the financial post. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand why people yeah. aren't screaming this from the top of buildings yeah. right now. I tried to do some digging on this. It's just, we have too many people. Like I, I, I tweeted out uh, recently, uh, if you want to solve the rental, uh, the housing affordability crisis, you know, you're starting to hear that term more and more crisis, crisis, crisis. Um, if you truly believe, you know, if you, t- the only solution is, is, is very simple. It's just stop, immigration stop people coming in that would solve the problem overnight right i'm not i'm not advocating no no i I don't think we're we're saying that but but i'm just saying that that's the problem people just we we seem to just keep forgetting about that fact that we are growing like you look at other cities they don't have this problem they don't have this this massive influx this uh what are we on now 20 1995 to 2018 23 year bull run in housing Agreed. Right. What other market in the world has a 23-year bull bull run run. in housing? For most people, they don't even know that the Toronto real estate market can go down. Right. Because, you know, if you've been here over a decade, you just think that it goes on forever. But Mm -hmm. Ontario's population grew over 200,000 in the last 12 months. I think the data was from like August 2017 to August 2018, over 200,000 total population growth, of which 
over a hundred and I think it was 130, 140,000 immigration yep. to the greater Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I, sorry, to, it, it, it's always, it's always advertised or reported as Ontario. So we kind of have to deduce for ourselves, but I think we can all figure out that if Ontario is growing at like 200 and something thousand people, yep. that a huge majority Probably, of that. what, 60, 70% of that? I, is, I think is, it's is more. Golden Horseshoe? I I think yeah. it's, I think, uh, and I don't have the yeah. data. Like I'm how just, many I'm just people guessing, are going are, to London, Windsor, yeah, exa- Thunder exactly. Bay, Ottawa? Yeah. So like let, if we lowball it at 60, 70, sure, yeah. we're getting a whole bunch of people in here. And you're right. It's been 20 years like this and I don't see the end in sight. Now, if you think yeah. about this for a second, the popular, if, if we, if Ontario grows at the population, at a population pace, growth pace of about 200,000 or more a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means every five years, it's a million more people. Mississauga right isn't even a million people vancouver i don't even know if <laughs> so, vancouver's so around every, a million I yeah think. <laughs> so if we keep this pace if we keep this pace yeah. every five years yeah a city larger yeah. than mississauga right is entering well, the look, golden yeah, ocean like vancouver has existed as a city for i don't know i'm guessing 150 200 years it took them to get 200 years say it took them to get to a million and you like you said we're adding what took a 200 years, we're adding it in the next five, five years. years. I used to tell everybody it was 10 years because our population yeah. base was growing. Like immigration was just mm-hmm. under like 90,000. Ontario's population was growing over 100. And I'm like, you know, it's about 10 years. And then yeah. I started looking at the data a little bit more closely. And now the most recent data with immigration on an uptick and the population growth on an uptick. Yep. And I'm like, man, it's not every 10 years. It's every five years. A city greater than the size of Mississauga. Yeah is on its way here. Yeah. I, I I took my father. My father is getting dentures. He got some implants. It's been a year process of this, of getting his teeth fixed. Mm-hmm. He, he jokes with us, by the way, because our father has a full head of hair. Nice. And he laughs at us because Nick and I are clearly have very little hair left. <laughs> Andrew, I didn't expect you to laugh right now. <laughs> but uh, we have clearly very hair, a little hair. And he's always laughed at us just the way an older right. European father kind yeah, of yeah, would, yeah. like really in our face, yeah. kind of pointing at us. And uh, yeah. he now says something so interesting. He's like, you know, all the time I've given you a hard time about your hair because he has such a full head of hair. And he's like, I really wish I just took better care of my teeth. He goes, tell everybody <laughs> in the world to just take right. care of their teeth. Yeah. You know, because of this long adventure. But anyway, we drove out to the uh, denture clinic out in Burlington with him this morning and he couldn't believe the traffic. Oh right. my God, this is normal. Right. Like the QEW, he's like, this looks like Toronto traffic. I go, there is no difference no. between Toronto traffic. No. You go all the way. Niagara. Do, go, Toronto exactly, to Niagara. Bend yep. right around. Go through Hamilton, Grimsby, St. Catharines. I mean, we're yep. seeing traffic everywhere. Yep. So to your point that this is an anomaly, I think when I tried to pull the data, I couldn't find any other state um, that has more immigration or population growth. No, us. I can't either. I, I'm looking for it as well. If anybody out there is listening, can educate us. Yeah, please let us know. But is there any other city? Certainly not in North America. Um, I mean, even like New York City has a lot of growth, uh, from what I can tell. Uh, but again, the 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 base is way is like two three times the size. Right? Exactly. So, um, okay, percentage so wise, nobody nobody touches us. Okay, so long term, yeah, the population go. Uh, I think, t- in fact, I think I saw a stat. I, I need to, I need to double check and, and fact check this, but I saw a stat on some presentation recently that said Canada as a country was the fastest growing country in the world. Now, I don't see how that can be true in the whole world, but maybe it meant, maybe the headline was the maybe fastest per capita? growing like Western country, yeah, yeah, yeah. like on a percentage yeah, yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah, got it. I can see something like that. Basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't see how it'd be faster than a lot of developing countries. Yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't be but, like an um, absolute number, I don't think. Yeah. Not no, definitely not absolute, but on a per, it was like a per, like the per percentage yep. growth per yeah, year. Yeah, no, I can totally buy as that. As a country. Yeah. 
So what yeah. do you think then, what about short term? I mean, we had a crazy run mm-hmm. and condo prices have had a crazy run. Yeah. What do you think the next year or two? Like just what, what's your gut well, telling you? Well, I mean, I've been saying for the past, you know, 18 months to people uh, that I advise in terms of investing in condos, like don't get used to these gaudy numbers that we've been experiencing. Like it's not normal for prices and rents to rise at double digits year after year. Um, don't get used to it. You know, it, you know, the, and you've said this for like how many years and everyone's yeah. used to it. Yeah. And everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, you know, we better get Andrew it. doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's I got this figured 10, out. Give me another 10, 15% this year. It's like, yeah, you know, um, you know, for, for many years, you know, over the last decade, most of the years in the condo market, it's been like two, three, 4% kind of growth. That's what we sort of was normal for us. And then no, over the past 24 months, it's, you know, in rents and in, in prices, it's, 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 you know, 10 to 20 percent, uh, you know, it's not sustainable. Uh, there's I think there's a lot of gravity that is in the system inherently at this point where, it, you know, there, there's a there's a natural pull down just due to sheer gravity of, of prices going up. Yeah, a little bit of an adjustment. So much so fast. But okay, so here's, if we have basically a crisis where we have so much population growth and there's no real big um, supply growing, mm-hmm. um, what let's say there is a bit of a, a correction in product. Let's just say condos come down in prices over the next 18 months, some small amount or big amount, you pick it. What happens to the rents in that kind of environment? Because I have my, my thinking on this. <laughs> well, I, actually, I... I just to be clear, I don't I don't see uh, prices coming down. I just see the growth rate slowing down uh, significantly back to more historical levels at some point. Just mostly, I think, due to gravity and just the fact that you know if, if something goes up by 40, 50 percent in a, in a two three year period, which it has, uh, naturally a lot of people, a lot of demand is just priced out of the market, right? So there's just there's a less pressure on prices because there's just less people that can afford to buy. And you have the stress test, of course, which is a huge factor as well, pushing people out of the market. Um, so to your question of what happens to rent, rental prices, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just it just puts more pressure on rental prices. I mean, again, because it's it all comes back to people coming in, population growth. Uh, everybody's got to live somewhere. If you're not if you can't afford to buy the thing anymore, you certainly can't afford to buy a house. Uh, you used to be able to afford a condo. A lot of people can't afford that anymore. They got to live somewhere. It, it creates a larger and larger renter pool. So, yeah, I, I think rents. Uh, I'm very bullish on rents. I think rents are, um, unfortunately, going to uh, going to continue to rise probably f- more than prices will rise over the next one to two years. Uh, so I'm with you. I I, I agree. I, I mean, I, if you're, I feel bad for people starting out and just you know young people in general or just people trying to you know, get going in general. It's just like, I think back to, you know, when I bought my first condo in 2006. And you thought you got ripped off. You know, and I, I'm like, how am I going to do this? I, how, how much was it? it like, I, 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 how am I going to financially? This, this is going to kill me. Like, this is this I'm might finished. be the worst decision yeah. ever in my Somebody life. Somebody had to buy at the top of the market. It might yeah. as well be Andrew. Um, you know, I'm going to be on the street. Yeah. Like, how, I can't believe the bank gave me this mortgage. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Two hundred and twenty nine thousand. Yeah, 10% down. So we scraped together the 10% down, uh, you know, 22, 23,000, something like that. You know, one land transfer tax in those days. Um, So the closing costs were like virtually nothing compared to today. If you're, you know, first time buyer coming in today, you're paying 
entry level condo downtown, you're paying five hundred thousand. Uh, you know, you've got there's two land transfer taxes. Yeah, you got some rebates, but you know your closing costs, everything is up. Uh, property taxes, of course, much higher. Operating costs, much higher. Every, everything's up. Um, only thing that's not up is interest rates. Interest rates are probably a bit lower um, than when they were back then, but not that much difference. But again, it's just uh, it's very tough for people. So, what do you out. tell an investor then who's like, "Well, Andrew, okay, I'm going to buy this thing, but I just if they if it doesn't grow, the, the you know the 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 price appreciation disappears on people, mm-hmm. and and it only goes let's say two percent a year, right? But rents stay strong. Yeah. Are are you prepared for some investors to come to you and say, "Hey, well, Andrew, I don't know, this is pretty garbage because, mm-hmm. like, I was expecting ten percent because right. I feel like that's going to come." Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, people who are, are are expecting that, thinking like that, I think they're just they're 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 misinformed and they're not looking at the bigger picture. I mean, one of the lines, one of my favorite lines, of what you always say on the podcast is just ask anybody who's owned real estate. <laughs> For 10 years or more, anybody anywhere in Southern Ontario who's owned real estate for 10 years or more, if they regret it, you it's, it would be impossible to find anybody who does that. So again, if, if you if you start with the basic assumption that all real estate must be a long-term investment and, and you plan to be in that property for 10 years, you know, even five years, I mean, you know, at least five years, but, you know, realistically, let's say 10 years look at all the trends from the past, you know, hundred years, even going back to the Neanderthal times, um, you know, you can't find a 10 year period where things didn't work out. (laughs) No, you really can't. I mean, (laughs) or somebody who just held on. Like I, I, I go back, you know, uh, I had, I had a old, uh, European, um, neighbor, uh, uh, at one of my properties where we used to live in Toronto and he, he would all, you know, he knew I was in real estate and he was an older guy. He was, he was, he was a, one of these skeptics and he, he would always tell me this, you know, he was kind of like, you know, kind of uh, in his way, uh, uh, I guess, kind of making a dig at me and my profession. Sure, yeah, and yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I know it's the type. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and he kind of knew I invested in real estate and stuff. It's like, you know, you're crazy, man. It's like, he would always re- recall his story of, of investing. Uh, uh, let me guess, 1989, 90, 91. Bingo. Yeah, yeah. And you, I'm sure you know where this is going. What did he do? He bought. I'm guessing in somewhere in that 88, <laughs> yeah. nine range. Yeah. And he had a triplex in, in the central Toronto steps to the subway station. Um, and, uh, and, oh my you know, gosh. what was, would that be worth today? I don't know. He had a, he had a problem with the tenant or some, sure. some small issue which that is we normal. all deal with, which is normal. Yeah. We all deal with as, as landlords and, uh, he threw his hands in the air and he said, you know, this, I'm getting out of this thing. This is terrible. Prices are not going up. He sold in like 1994, you know, right before the the twenty three yeah, yeah, yeah. year bull run kind of thing, and and it's like he sold at a loss, and he's just like you know, don't do it. Real estate investing, bad. You know, again, if he had to just if he had to did the ten year rule, yeah, yeah, he would have. You know, he would have yeah. never sold it. Ever. Yeah. You know, he would have made so much money if he just hold on for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone today, his life would be if he just kept that, that one, one. I know property. I had a, I had a, a European guy pull me aside nineteen ninety eight. Uh, and he knew I was starting to talk about real estate. He knew our, our family had been in real estate. And he said, look, Tom, don't repeat the mistakes of your father. Okay. 1998. This is about the peak of the market right now because right. the yeah. bottom was around, you know, yeah. 1990. Then it kept going yeah. down for a few years. It's come up now for a couple of years. Right. 
we're due for like another correction. So yeah. take my advice and don't buy. Right. That was in 1998. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. I should have bought the freaking well, street yeah. <laughs> of the Madden, my first Madden home. I should have bought the whole street. Right. And in those days, it's similar to what we, what in the U.S. when I bought. You have a lot of shell-shocked people. Yeah, Again, yeah. Uh, I personally haven't lived through uh, such a crash, so I can't really relate to that experience. But like somebody like the guy you're talking about, he had that shell-shocked kind of uh, PTSD almost of the crash, yeah. uh, still fresh Those in his mind. Those were his formative financial years. Yeah. And same thing when I bought in the U.S. And I'm like, why am I able to buy this thing in in here for so cheap? It, it doesn't. It's cheaper to for. It's way cheaper for me to buy this place than it would be, you know, to, to, to try to build this same condo. Again. I, like I it's cheaper than replacement cost, way cheaper than replacement cost. You know what I mean? Good for like you. it doesn't make any sense. Like people should be buying this stuff up like crazy. Why aren't people buying? And, and again, you talk to the, the foreigners were buying like Canadians especially, but you talk to the locals and, and shell shocked PTSD, you know, they went through this horrible, horrible uh, experience. So many people that they they just got in the mindset of buying is bad, owning is bad. Um, and I think maybe there's even uh, I'm just thinking out loud as I, as I'm saying this, there might be a lesson here for us as well. At, 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 at we've been experienced this boom time, like again, you don't want to get you don't want to get used to like that that feeling of like everything's going to crash. The same way you don't want to get like a customer used to this idea that everything is always good. And everything is always, you know, up 20% a year. Like you, you kind of want to, you want to be somewhere in the middle as an investor and, and just have that steady approach that, you know what, there's ups, there's downs, there's great times, there's horrible times. But like you said, the 10 year rule, patent pending, Tom Carradza. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's patent pending, but I, but I agree with you because I think yeah. so many people, there's two sides to this. Like a lot of people online, some of the YouTube comments and stuff will get, will, will be like, Oh, you real estate people, you know, you just think the market's going to go up forever. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, are you not listening to anything we're saying? Right. We're, we're constantly short-term paranoid, long-term optimistic. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always looking over my shoulder, waiting for the Bank of Canada to say, F you, yeah. Canadians, we just jacked the rates 3%, you know? Right. I'm always kind of paranoid for that moment. But at the same time, over a 10-year stretch, I'm always like, ah, you know what? There's the population growth. People always need a place to live. My best stat on that, and I, I'm sure we've shared it with you before, is that our friends out in Ohio, when they had the 65% correction in prices, think about that. Yeah, 65%. 65%. One of the worst. One of the worst. Probably the worst in America. Their rental yeah. rates did not change. Right. They had more demand for their properties, not less. Mm -hmm. Their rents stayed just as strong as they were the year before. Mm -hmm. To your point, mm -hmm. that they always stay steady. So also to your point, I feel like if you get a good condo in a growing population base like Toronto, mm -hmm. even if an investor buys today, and unfortunately if properties go down, never mind stay flat like we we're talking or just a little bit up, but let's say they go down five, 10, 15%. If you can cover your rent, yeah. You should expect these things. Yeah. Like we, there's an unexpected curveball. I tell Nick all the time in business, I almost feel like we need to go through a recession. I know this is probably a crazy thing to say, but I feel like, you know what? Until we've gone through a crazy recession, I don't think we're true business owners. Because in the last 10 years, let's face it. It's too easy. It's been pretty easy. <laughs> you know, I, and, and when we started, yeah. we were just so naive and wanted to get it started. We didn't think, oh my God, right. it's going to be easy. Right. But I just mean, looking back, you couldn't have picked a better time for us to get into the business. Yep. And I feel like, you know what? I think we need a good, solid, hard curveball. Punch in the face. Yeah. And let's see how we react. <laughs> no, now, that sounds think, ridiculous, but yeah. I think most investors should think the same way. You got Yeah, you've got to be thinking about stuff like that. Um, but again, I think... 
what I always preach is if you own the asset, you win. Either way, you win. Uh, in the market that we're in, the market that we're blessed with, whether you realize it or not, we're blessed with this market of, of this population growth like nowhere else on the planet pretty much. Uh, you win either way. If you own the asset, you win. Like if, if I believe, and, and there's certainly, you know, you can make a strong case for it, if, if prices do start to go down, I don't see rents doing anything but continuing on the tra- trajectory they're on, which is up, maybe even up more so. It's because everybody's got to live somewhere, right? Even if, if prices, uh, if the government, like you said, if, if you get that call for the, that from the government tomorrow and they say, you know what, the stress test, uh, instead of plus 2%, now we're going to do plus 4%, basically eliminating like almost every potential buyer out there. Like yeah, they could do it. That would. They could basically send a message to say, you know what, we still believe prices are too high. We want prices to come down. We're forcing prices down. Guess what's going to happen? You have this massive overnight, huge pool of new renters. And if you own rental properties, you know, yeah, you're going to benefit from that huge. Your rents are going to go up huge. Your property values might go down. They probably will go down in such an event. If there was some huge recession, our property values are going to go down. It's probably going to happen. But again, as long as we have this population growth and the problem of not building enough new housing in the region, why do you, you see? Do, 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 I see sometimes on Twitter you talking about that kind of stuff. I guess I'll let me ask you first about rent control. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on rent control in general? Do you have any kind of? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just mean yeah. I, I I feel like uh, yeah. I don't know. No, do I mean I, I'm on the record a million times over. Rent I, rent control is horrible, horrible policy. Um, we need to get rid of all rent controls. Like you go to a place like Alberta, there is no rent control, and you know, in the whole province. Um, and you're Even, not coming at it from the point of the owner or the no, investor. No, I'm coming at it. From, you're coming at it from the whole, like as a, a free market guy. Yeah. I'm a free market guy. Like what happened to free markets? What happened to capitalism? What happened to open economy? Okay, open so borders? then, to, like, so somebody comes to you and says, Andrew, well, yeah. you know, I can't afford the free market, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm a family, a struggling kind of to get by right now, and I need a good place to live. So, don't, aren't these rent controls going to help me? Yeah, but do you want your kids to be homeless? You know, like you're just these controls and these prices, just pushing the problem down the road, right? You're you, you might you might survive another day, but like if you ever want your kids to be able to live in the city, you know, you you're crazy to be pro rent control and, and pro price controls of any kind. It's just why because you're it's saying the rent insane. controls the developers aren't going to build because of the rent controls. It's just, Is that yeah, it's coming? it just makes the problem worse and worse and worse. And we've we got we now have 18 months of evidence to add to you know, decades and worldwide evidence of what happens when you institute rent control in cities yeah, around the world. Yeah, can you describe world. that, what happened in Toronto like 18 months ago? Can you just walk everyone through yeah, that? Yeah, so again, the Fair Housing Plan came out in, in spring of 2017. That's eight, We have now 18 months of, of life with that. And that's when rent control came in across all properties, not just uh, pre-1991 properties, but all properties were subject to rent control. Um, so, you know, a few things happened. One is... People stop moving. Nobody moves. Okay. Why would I move? The, every day that rent. goes by, I'm less and less likely to move. I just, I, just yesterday, I, I sent a message every few months. I send a message to my tenants, uh, all of them. And I say, you know, how's it going? You know, is everything okay in the, in the condo? And, and, you know, you planning on sticking around or, you know, just give me a heads up. You, you stay, you leaving, you staying. These are all month to month tenants. Uh, Every single one of them very quickly replies back. Everything's great. Love it here. Not moving. Sticking around in 2019. Thanks for asking. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> Just want to let you know, and I tell you know that this. I'll the, be raising your rent yeah. the maximum one point eight percent. Exactly. <laughs> I, I send them. I'm gonna just so you know you know you're you're, you're gonna be getting the rent increase one point eight percent coming up, which is you know like twenty thirty bucks a month or whatever. Uh, every single one of them, like in the old days, it, you, yeah, you'd get some <laughs> grunting and groaning and uh, yeah, you know. Now, every single one of them, when I issue them the rent increase, they say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, they're so grateful to just have the privilege of paying these below market rents that are becoming every month further and further and further below market rents. They're less and less likely to move, um, which creates less and less supply on the rental market, which exacerbates the problem more and more and more. Uh, You know, that's the biggest thing is you look at, you look at the available rental listings out there in the market it's it's crazy like again you like we have less property like less condos available for rent and for sale today than we did like 10 years ago it's crazy and we added a million ten, people. Ten year, uh, it's it's crazy. Ten years when we started this business and we were working with investors every Monday at ten a.m. We would review all the investors' properties that we work with because they would have vacancies when they first bought a new rental property, right? Because often we were helping people with single family homes around yeah. the Greater Toronto area, sure. and they would buy the property. It would be vacant for a few weeks, and sometimes it would be vacant between one to two weeks, but sometimes up to eight weeks, right? Because sure. it would take some time. Normal. Someone would have to give six months, 60 days notice. Yeah. So we would track this to make sure everybody was getting there, you know, getting it filled. Today, we just, on this Monday team meeting, we printed off the list and we've had a pretty busy last uh, few months and specifically last month with a lot of, uh, a lot of closings. And the list is like six long of vacant properties. And we're yeah. all looking around saying this list, when we used to sell less real estate right. was off the page. Right. Like we would have it off the page and onto the second right. page of vacancies that we were tracking. Yeah. Not that it was a problem, but that's how long it took to get yeah. to get them filled. Now people will close on a house and they're like testing to see like, can I ask for like, you know, on a, on a, uh, a, a single family home like in St. Catharines, can I now ask for like 2100 and they ask for it and they get it in like a week. Yeah. Done. Whereas like just a few years ago, 1600 would have been like the yeah. peak. So you're, you're right. Whether it's there's no supply. There, there, there's zero supply. And part of this with the whole rent control angle that kind of, it bothers me for a couple of reasons because I, I feel like, I, I don't know if it's accidental, but the, the system, the way it's set up, when you, when, when you have low interest rates, it's naturally going to push the value of condos up in price, especially when there's a growing demand from a population base. So you have cheap money mm-hmm. mixed with a growing population base yeah. it's a natural mix for increase in prices yeah. okay now when those prices increase and if we just call it five percent a year even though it's been much higher than that but mm-hmm. if you if you can only increase rent at 1.8 percent a year mm-hmm. but the asset itself increases right. in value compounding at five percent a year after two or three years when someone's renting from you you often don't feel like updating that property as the owner of the property because you're like, well, you know what? This property's now worth, when I rented it out, for, when I first started renting it from you or to you, it was worth, you know, 250 or 350,000. But right. now it's worth, you know, three, four, five years later, now it's worth 550,000. Mm-hmm. And the rent that I'm getting for it, ah, you know what? I don't think I'm going to kind of renovate anything here because you're just getting a deal. Yeah. So psychologically, it just puts landlords in this place yeah. of like, I'm not going to like rent no. it. You're kind of luck, quote unquote, luck. Yeah. So it creates this environment where investors, rightly or wrongly, are like, ah, you're kind of lucky to get that rent. Yeah. So I'm not going to 
updated. It's, it creates a it, it, so it just creates resentment this, all yeah, around. The, and, and, the landlord resents the tenant. Yeah. The well, I guess the ten, the tenant uh, resents. In a way, they. I think the tenant. If I'm a tenant, I kind of resent my life because I'm like I'm. I stuck can't buy. Here. Yeah, I'm stuck like, here. I want to. I want to move, but I'm crazy to move. I so I yeah, just yeah. stay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the new. The, the new people who are coming into the market looking for a place, huge resentment because they're, they're going, I'm going to pay 1800 for this. And the guy upstairs is paying 1200 for his. Yeah. It's the exact same place. Yeah. So, you know, it socially, I think it, you, know, it you, you got a, that resentment just spinning and spiraling all around as opposed to a more level, open sort of playing field where everybody's, yeah. you know, there's got to be some common ground. Like, I mean, well, I, th- I just think that if you're kind of have normal interest rate policy in a country where property rates don't increase at such a high pace, mm-hmm. then they kind of match more similar, the rent increase that you can have. Mm-hmm. It does create a kind of more even balance for everybody. Right. But when you artificially push rates down so low for so long, right. it pushes the asset prices up so fast and furious right. that it causes this resentment right. between people. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind I'm talking about where the yep. property price is up so much and you're like, well, you know what? You're getting a good deal. I'm not going to like renovate yeah. that property right now. Right. I'm just going to let it be. So it doesn't only just lock the tenant in. It it, it, it causes landlords to not want to improve yeah. properties right. either. And that's you look around the GTA and that's that's the that's the legacy of rent control from the 60s and 70s. You have huge, massive stock of apartment buildings built that in nobody's the 60s up- and 70s. Nobody's upgrading these things. And yeah, I do know some, and, and as we're saying that, I know some builders now looking at apartment buildings um, as a possible opportunity where it's so expensive to buy land now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're looking at apartment buildings and saying, wait a second, can I buy this building? And construction costs are so high. It's, yeah, you're starting to, it almost makes sense to buy this 1965 yeah. apartment, gut the thing, exactly, take it to the concrete yeah. shell. Yeah. But that's not really putting new supply on the market. That's just updating old supply, and it's a good investment for those. But it's not really putting new supply. What are you seeing as far as supply? Are you seeing right now? I haven't. I don't think I've kept a close watch Mm -hmm. in the last couple months. Are any developers announcing any rental property building stuff? Well, I I think if if you look at like Urbanation and these guys who track it, they talk about yeah, like proposed uh, and in the pipeline, purpose built rentals are at the highest level they've been in decades but still a drop in the bucket compared to you know what they would consider to be a healthy supply i think urban you know i don't want to misquote them but it's you know it's like double or triple the amount of supply would be required to so bring about a so-called you know more balanced market like it's, it's in other words it's yeah not we're not, e- not, we're not really close. putting a dent not even putting a dent um into what's required and again that's based on you know, population growth staying around the same as it is, which we know from recent government announcements, the federal announcements that immigration is probably going to increase a lot more. It, it's, it, I <laughs> so, feel, I, I honestly feel like this is a massive land grab, like as, 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 as maybe that incorrectly puts some angst in people like, Oh my God, I got to get out there and buy it. I'm not trying to put that out there for anyone. I just do feel though that 10 years from now, we're going to look back on today. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if we have a bit of a correction or a recession even. I think 10 years yeah. from now, we'll look back on today saying, hmm, you know what? I should have probably bought even more than I did. But uh, yeah. it's obviously a scary thing, you know, to kind of tell people to buy when you don't know the future. But I just feel like 
there's just going to be more population base that's just naturally going to drive this area. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people vote with their feet. Like when I travel around the world, I don't really have many other people telling me, oh my gosh, I'm, um, I'm moving to Miami. And it's like people right. from Germany moving to Miami <laughs> yeah. or from Europe moving to my, you know, sure. I, I, but everyone I find is like moving to Canada. Yeah. It's like, if you're leaving wherever you are, there's a high chance you're going to tell me mm-hmm. you're coming to Canada, whether you're from some country in Asia yeah. or somewhere in Europe or somewhere in South America. Like on my son's, I, I feel like on my son's sports teams right now, it's more an international mix than ever. Mm-hmm. Like we'll have immigrants from Europe. Yeah. We'll have Asian Im- immigrants and we'll have South American immigrants right. all on the same team. Yeah. A lot more actually South American than ever before. Interesting. A lot more Spanish. Yeah. Tons of Spanish mm-hmm. out here right now yeah. um, that I'm hearing. Well, and just politically too. I mean, Donald Trump and everything that's happened in the U.S., like Canada, I think is on a world scale more appealing. I mean, that ebbs and flows. But at the moment, I think Canada is more appealing as a brand, so to speak, internationally than, you know, the typical American dream and all that is a bit faded at the moment. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're benefiting from a lot of a lot of factors out there for sure. I, uh, I was on a flight back, uh, where was this one back from? I think this one was back from Chicago, sitting next to somebody from California and there were fires were out there and stuff and they were out here for some work. And they said, you know, I'm coming into Toronto, like I wanna bring my wife home something to symbolize Canada. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, he's like, what should you, I buy? And uh, first thing that comes to my mind, of course, is Toronto Maple Leaf gear. But then I'm like, ah, you can't go back with that. So uh, maybe like maple syrup? What do you tell people to buy? <laughs> Yeah, it's a good, uh, yeah. Maple I mean, syrup, those sugar candies you see yeah. at the airport. <laughs> get a stuffed mousse and sugar, and sugar <laughs> candies from the airport. Get a condo. Yeah, like, uh, yeah that would be the best one. Okay, so on the condo front, are yeah. there areas of Toronto right now that you kind of have? Well, what's the latest? Like, are develop? Are we in a lull now of no new projects coming to market? Where Where are we? Yeah, Give I mean, we were just talking before, like overall 2018, the pre-construction market, it looks like it's down versus 2017 in terms of number of sales down around 50% or so. Damn, so that's big. Huge drop on the one hand. But on the other hand, you're, you, we are comparing it to 2017, which was uh, an all-time record year, like by far. Uh, so like and it's something part of like that- 28,000 uh, condos sold or something like that versus a normal year is like 15 to 20,000 kind of thing. So we're in a sort of normal year sort of territory, but down dramatically from the, the crazy highs of 2017. Um, and like you're saying, why is that another, why is that happening exactly? A, a big reason is just lot, a lot less new projects are launching. So the number of sales in the pre-construction market are directly tied to the number of launches and the amount of new product that is put onto the market for the very first time. That's when most of the product is going to sell. It's when it's brand new onto the market. So um, we're a lot fewer new launches came out in 2018. You know, there's a number of reasons and, and things why that could be. Uh, if you talk to developers, they'll tell you because it's just becoming harder and harder and harder to actually get their approvals and everything in place to be able to put those projects onto the market. Um, I think another factor, again, is just sheer gravity in, in, in the fact that prices have gone up so much over the past 24 months that there are just, it, it's it's harder to sell a, a $500,000 condo than it is to sell a $250,000 condo. It just is because there's less So some are these launches sitting around a little bit? Are they selling out still? Uh, it's a mixed bag. Some are selling out like overnight and drawing lineups and crowds. Others are, you know, selling 
a chunk and then they're kind of stale stalemate uh okay so can you give us some are the ones selling out right now just location based um and yeah i mean great locations are still selling very well and anything that you know anything that does offer better than average value like you know i sell a lot in regent park for example downtown regent park is like the best value of anything downtown so you know and you're buying something in there for like 850 per square foot versus everything else downtown is uh, you know, 1100, 1200 plus per square foot. Uh, give everyone the major intersections for Regent Park. Uh, so downtown east side, um, Dundas and Parliament, uh, sort of area. It's a, it's a big area that's undergoing major uh, changes in gentrification. Um, so yeah, like an area like that, you know, a project could sell out like overnight, like three times over, like, uh, infinite amount of demand pretty much. Um, and then you have other projects that are, you know, 1,200, 1,400 per square foot. They might be in amazing, great, great locations and they're selling well, but they're not selling it overnight. Like, you know, two years ago, the same project, if it came out at, uh, you know, the same location at $900 per square foot, it's selling out overnight because just people can afford it. People can, can buy it, but, uh, it, it's, yeah, there's just as gravity naturally is, is just sort of a factor when the prices have gone up so much so fast. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in January 1st, one of the last um, financial institutions that seems like it has some lending policies that are a little bit more, I don't want to say lenient, but maybe flexible. Um, one of the credit unions, they're tightening up their lending as of January 1st to match all the big banks. Mm. And in January, it feels like then most of the lending options that we look at are going to be tighter than they have ever been. Yeah. And if and if the Bank of Canada raises rates again, yep. it's going to be interesting to see the, the next 12 months. But longer term, you with four kids, kids uh no like really what do you what do you think like yeah. what, what what do you are you gonna try and buy some condos for them like what what do you think they're in for honestly i don't like know you have four it's four young uh, kids they're yeah gonna- i mean yeah I, I you know i think my my kids uh i don't know what they're going to do um sure they could live in in my condos if if uh, if they need to but uh you know hopefully that we can set up our kids to be successful on their own um but yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you, the conversation would go in a whole different area, but I think you start to get into like the whole, um, the whole conversation around, uh, uh, like the haves and the have nots and just the ever increasing, um, divide, divide in, in it's crazy. society as a whole. And, and just, you know, the top, you know, the top yeah. 5%, top 1% taking a bigger and bigger and bigger share and the middle class, like you said, no more middle. It's upsetting. Again, you guys talk about it all yeah. the time, just the, the squeezing out of the middle class. Um, you know, it's, it's, there, there's some big scary trends that are sort of happening there for, for society as, as a whole. But, you know, probably most people listening to this podcast uh, are, are, fine because they you know if you're listening to this podcast if you're listening to tom and nick and and people like uh like them you're you know you're way, you're likely way ahead of the curve you likely understand fundamentally a lot of the stuff that's happening and you're trying to prepare yourself and better yourself to you know to not be in that to not be squeezed out right but uh you know as society as a whole it's a very tricky question like what about the rest of everybody else who you know traditionally would be like you know just work hard get a good job. You're going to be fine. You're going to be able to, you know, GM plant, uh, we just announced mm-hmm. is closing, you know, like 
you know, automation. I think and, we and gave everything. 2.8 billion. I have to look it up. I think it's under <laughs> 3 billion. We gave GM about 10 years ago. Yeah. So that worked out really well. Yeah. Great investment. Yeah. Right that there. was good. Yeah. Can you imagine what we could have done with 3 billion <laughs> on education in this province? But uh, imagine, anyway, yeah, imagine how many houses. Argument. Imagine how many houses you could have built. I'm sure could, someone listening to this right? who worked at GM would have just be furious with that comment. But I mean, sometimes yeah. you just have to let some things die off if they're not going to kind of survive on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I'm curious for your four kids. Have you? They're young. But are you? What are you thinking education wise for them? Well, uh, I like mean, is you Did you go to university? I, I went to university. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you think is for I, them? I, I think it, it depends it on you how to read. I mean, there's yeah, tons I think of value. It depends on the person. I mean, for me, I don't think university was very useful. If I was doing it again, I would skip university. <laughs> it's funny because I say similar things, but yeah. here I am saying, oh, that's pretty useful. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I think it depends on, on the person. Not like we are entrepreneurs, uh, but not everybody's entrepreneurs and, and our kids aren't necessarily going to be entrepreneurial type people. Um, so I think it really depends. But, you know, it, it's it's increasingly, I think, becoming like it's a results-based economy. Like it's it's um, it's about what result can you get. And, and the people who get the best results generally, I think, are the people who have the most or the best skills. So it's about acquiring skills uh, that get results, you know. And I think for me, like most of university is not really about that. It's not really about getting skills that get results it's about i challenge myself with that question a lot and i'm like ah you know what though it did because i, I agree with you yeah I, especially on the skills part like the mm-hmm. skills in the marketplace are, are what's going to decide what results you're able to obtain but some of university it taught me how to research taught me how to kind of write mm. taught me how to kind of frame arguments yeah maybe debate a little bit taught me how to communicate well, writing, with the written those word. are all yeah they're all skills yeah so even yeah. though like the 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 lessons, like the subject matter, right. and some of my like, I don't think I'm going to take some of what Karl Mar- Marx was doing when my sociology major. That I, I'm a I'm a double major psychology and sociology. <laughs> just laugh thinking, <laughs> just laugh thinking about it. Yeah. But I, I, you know, somebody See, I did I, a business I, degree, and I yeah, and I'm yeah, in, and I still found it useless. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all the same. Yeah. But uh, but it did teach me. You know, it taught me deadline. It, there was stuff there, and mm-hmm. I just I. I, I'm telling my son right now, I said the value, cause we have this conversation. I'm like, you know what? It did teach me how to communicate. Like I yeah. did have to sit down and research a subject. I did have to do it on a deadline. Yeah. I had to make my arguments using the written word word. So I had to communicate clearly. I had to frame things together. It did, it did help, I think, develop that in me, which I have used in the business world. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I just skipped university, if that I would have just still had that ability mm-hmm. or not. I, yeah. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my father uh, ran his own company, our father, mm-hmm. um, and it was a drywall business. I don't think he had to sit down and write blog posts and that kind of stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but imagine, <laughs> imagine he, he did. Here's the best way to put up on it: eight by eleven piece of drywall. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget holding that drywall over my head. Oh my gosh. And the dust that would fall in my eye and my yeah. dad yelling at me, don't let go, don't let go. While dust is falling <laughs> in my eye and he's yelling at me in Croatian and I'm just, my arms are dying over my head and the There's dust is falling in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I remember doing that on March break and it was freezing on like oh, the 12th story of a condo. Right. You know where this was right by uh, Kipling 
Subway station. Okay. Um, right next yeah. to Kipling, there's some condos there. Yeah. I worked that on those. Co- uh, that was us. That and was uh, I remember, I literally never forget this. It was freezing in this march up. I don't know how many stories we were up. The wind was blowing. And I remember thinking, I think I'm going to give this university thing a shot. You know, like, <laughs> I don't think I can, I'm built for this. Right. Well, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's where you come from, right? It's, it's what you're, what you know, it's what you grew up with. That's what your base. And then you yeah, go yeah. from there. Like, uh, I just feel for that generation a yeah. little bit because you were able to, I don't know. I your mean, parents. for me, like yeah. I grew up, my, both my parents went to university. So for me, I grew up in the house where it was like university, was going normal. to university was a complete given from birth. It was like, you're going to go high school you're going to go to university. It's just what you're going to do. I'll, myself and my three siblings, we all went to university. It's just normal. Two of my uh, siblings have master's degrees as well as bachelor degrees. So normal, you know, it's just, it's what you grew up with versus, you know, your story is different. So it's, it's uh, you know, but for me, you know, and, and I didn't come from a business family. Like both my parents were not business people. And so my kids are growing up as, you know, kids uh, in a business family and, 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 and look, seeing, you know, what it looks like to, to come from that perspective. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be different. Like your, our kids' experience is going to be different from ours, uh, yeah, for I know. better or worse. <laughs> yeah, I just feel, and it's something, you know, um, it, it's something that it just challenges me a lot because I'm like, man, you know what? You were able to go to university, go and do this thing with condos and have success at it and build this. I don't know if they have the same opportunity. It irks me a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and it's different times. It shouldn't bother me. But I liked growing up in a middle class family in Canada. Mm-hmm. I liked being able to go to university. And I guess maybe I'm just being a bit nostalgic and thinking, you know, I want them to have kind of that opportunity. But the time is different. Mm-hmm. now and i just don't understand how to fully guarantee and obviously you can't guarantee anything but their results right and it's it's a challenge i'm sure that many of us are kind of faced with and i don't really know what the right answer is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the only answer that i can come to mind to me now is you want to own assets yeah <laughs> you either you want to own property you know my mm-hmm. son at this age he's he's 16 right now he's like dad i have to buy my first rental property pretty soon and I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Is that what he uh, says? Yeah, yeah. Good. He's yeah, probably heard good. me rant on and on enough about this. But I, I, yeah. I, I just know that. Oh, I wish somebody came to me when I was 16. Oh my god! And told me about real estate. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about Nick. He bought his first property when he was 21. Why do yeah. you think he walks around? He's, yeah. He pretends he's pissed off Look all the time. Guy. He walks around with that smile on Come his face. On. Yeah, he's he's been in it for like <laughs> 19 years on no, almost 20 years on his own. So uh, anyway, well, you know what? I just uh, but before we wrap up here, this this espresso. Tell me what you think of the Nespresso. You were telling me that the yeah. the crema on the top of the espresso, it's it's too thick. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Nespresso, right? These Nespresso pods, and and it's like there's actually articles and stuff written. You can Google it. It's like scientists and like like very smart like nasa people i don't know who these people they're trying to figure out this product how how the espresso gets so much crema like it's unnaturally good it's like I, it's so far above all the other pod coffee i pod think you think there's, there. there's drugs in it i yeah it's I, laced with my cocaine. theory is yeah like five ten years down the road there's something will come out and they'll discover <laughs> there's there's some addictive drug in there other than caffeine and the usual stuff or there's there's some there's something that causes cancer. You know, there's going to be some <laughs> oh consequences to this unbelievably bad news, uh, yeah. convenient and amazing product 
that George Clooney has brought into our lives. Because yeah, I know everyone who loves Nespresso. I've, I, I've literally, I think I might have only had one in my life. But um, yeah. and we have the machine here in the office, which was a gift by from one of our clients, yeah. actually. Um, and the machine is so small. It's so small. You're like, how can this, this little thing, and the thing produce is, such it's, a good it's product? People who are real coffee aficionados, like yourself, yeah. will yeah. have an espresso and they'll compliment the Nespresso. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this happening? It shouldn't be this good. Because at home, you know what? At home, I'm getting my beans yeah. and I'm getting trying to get me the too. best beans. And thank yeah. you. You brought some beans. Thank you. You brought some Starbucks yeah. uh, reserve beans here um, for me. I'm getting the beans. I'm even going as far as checking what kind of water I'm putting in my tank. Yep. And then I'm I'm adjusting the grind of my bean. And then I'll yep. tell my wife this. I'll like, you know what? This is a little The too- amount of water, yeah. the yeah. temperature. Yeah, I'm like, this is a little sour right here. Yeah. Let me just tweak the grind tweak a little bit. And then I'll have her taste it. I'll yeah. say, look. Isn't this way better? Right. You know, so I'm, I'm obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. And then you get an espresso, you, you push slam a button. in the pod and out comes this brilliant and thing. And it's amazing. You're <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so for our new office, yeah. we have to, uh, I think we're going to get a couple new Nespresso machines, but, uh, I, I wasn't going to, it's I was going to go, go the full grind. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you need to anymore. It's, uh, it's amazing, but it's also depressing I, for us. I, I, I got to tell you one guys, more coffee yeah, story. I love the science of it. And yeah. It's like, there's a guy on our team here, Ruben Furtado, and yeah. he was sitting here and he was, we were doing a podcast like this and he's, he doesn't buy, he drinks coffee, but he buys like beans on sale at Winners. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I listened to that yeah, episode. Okay. Yeah. So you, somebody sees <laughs> him like two weeks him. later at an open house. Okay. And uh, I don't think he's working with them. I can't remember that detail of the story, but they go and they talk, they chit chat with them in the house. And as they're leaving, they're like, Hey, you know what? I knew you were going to be here and I had to ask you some questions and stuff about this property. Hold on. And they go out to their trunk, they pop the trunk and they have some good beans for them. And they're like, Hey man, (laughs) please start using some good beans. So he got a gift of good beans because see everyone's insulted by his old beans. But, parents um, rack at winners. Anyway, Andrew, I appreciate you doing this. If anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best, yeah. uh, what's the best site or what's the best? Yeah, part? sure. So you can just go to truecondos.com, T-R-U-E, truecondos.com. You can find all, everything about me there, including my podcast as well. Um, Your Twitter yeah. handle too. You're always making some yeah, good Yeah, I'm comments. on Twitter. Definitely check me out at Andrew LaFleur on Twitter. It's just my name. Cool. And we'll put that in uh, our page notes for this podcast as well. Andrew, thank you so much for doing this. We'll have you back on to chat condos, I'm sure, in a a little while. Cool. Thank you. All the best in 2019. Hey, it's Tom Kradzis. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show. If you're listening to this and you want to get an idea of what the membership is that we run called the Rockstar Inner Circle, you can check out all the benefits members get at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member. So rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member and we'll list off all the wonderful things that we've put together over the years. We've been running this membership now for over a decade um, and it's filled with great Canadians, great real estate investors. It's basically become a community unto itself. So uh, we're forever grateful for how this has all worked out. So rockstarinnercircle.com, sorry, rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash member to find out all the different benefits that you get as uh, a member here. So with that, hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. Remember, if you're listening to this and you have any feedback for us, you can always send it to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com and that'll make its way through to us. That's podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Until next time, your life, your terms.